I am Christy Collins. Oh, okay. Well, let's start again. And this is... No, we don't start again. This Welcome is what Welcome to it is. Something to Talk About. Ooh, that's cute. Something to talk about. Yeah, or something to drink. I'm not sure yet. I like something to drink. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, let's clink again. Welcome to Something, something to, to Drink. Something to Drink. My name is Christy Collins, and this is... Not Christy Collins. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Alex Van Amberg. I'm a certified sommelier with the Court of Master Sommeliers. I have a certification in um, specialist in wine with the Society of Wine Educators, uh, and I work for Young's Market Company as a wine sales rep. And this is my wife, partner in crime, Christy Collins. And I am a mother... And I quit acting. And I, what else do I do? I don't do laundry very well, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Apparently I don't. It's wine dirty. <clears throat> I don't do laundry very well. Okay, but right. I do drink wine. It's true. But I don't know anything about it. Oh, I'm a yoga teacher. And a yoga <laughs> teacher. Certified yoga instructor. Yes. Certifiable yoga instructor. Yes, it's my... Other than my children, it's my favorite thing to do. So tell me what we're drinking. Uh, so today's wine is by Joel Gott. Uh, this is a Gruner Veltliner uh, from uh, Columbia Gorge. It's a 2015. Um, I actually don't know that he actually makes Gruner Veltliner anymore. I think this was kind of a, a one-off project for him that he did for a little while and he has since stopped doing. Um, Gruner Veltliner is a okay, great... Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We have to go back. We have to go back to what I said when I first tasted it. Which was not on the podcast, which you promised me would only be on when we recorded. Well, what did you say? What did I say? I don't remember. I said, what is this liquid gold? That sounds familiar. Okay. Now, explain what the grape means. Uh, it is liquid gold. Um, <laughs> the name Groovy uh, Gruner Veltliner actually translates directly to liquid gold. So, end of podcast. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Gruner Veltliner is actually uh, pretty well known as being the grape of Austria. Uh, so um, it is what they drink all the time. It is a uh, is a relatively high production grape, um, good acidity. Lots of this one actually has lots of like canned pear and white pepper to it, um, and mild tropical notes. It's really an interesting lighter white wine with some great acidity. I'd definitely eat this with cheese. But first, you're supposed to ask me what I taste oh, what before you, taste? you tell me what I taste. Hey, Krusty, what do you taste in the wine? No, because now, okay, so I'm going to go back to when I first tasted it. Yeah, you should. Okay, and I'm going to pretend to forget what you told me because what you told me, and now I taste it. But I want to taste it and then tell you, and then you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. You should taste the wine and tell me what you taste. Okay, pour some more. I'm going to pour some more. Uh, it is closed with a Stelvin enclosure, uh, and for a wine that's three years old, there is no sign of oxidation on this whatsoever. So nobody knows what oxidation is. Um, Just tell them what the oxidation is. It hasn't gotten any oxygen in through the seal on the bottle. Okay, so, so it means it's fresh and good. It's fresh and good, and it is not browned at all. All right, so we had kind of a rough day, and I'm sitting at my desk, and you brought it down. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was your glass, not my glass. But I thought you were bringing me a glass. I was trying to share. I wasn't trying to give up my wine. Apparently you just wanted me to <laughs> taste it and give it back. 
Well, because we don't know what your palate's like. But I did not. What? We don't know what your palate is like, so we don't know what you're going to like. So I often will pour you a taste and hand it to you to see if you like it or not. And if you like it, then you can have some. And if you don't, then you don't. Does my palate change? Is that what you're saying? We're uncertain about what you actually like. Sometimes, depending on the day, you like high acid things. Sometimes you like fruit bombs. Sometimes you, it's just hard to say. So it's really uncertain what you will actually like out of what I pour. Um, like the other day when you were talking about what I liked, you like, you said he likes fancy, dry, weird, old stuff. And I don't, (laughs) but sometimes you do, you never know. (laughs) Well, this one I like, this one was sparkly, not like champagne sparkly, but like bright on my tongue. And it brought happiness to kind of a stressful day. And it was, it literally tasted like sunshine and... This is going to sound weird, but a little bit of ocean spray. Okay. Is that possible? No, it's, that would be salinity. Oh, so it's a thing. It's a thing. And um, crisp. And now I taste pear, but when I first tasted it, I would have said grapefruit. Okay, so as we go forward with these, we will ask you what you think first, and then I'll read the tasting yes. notes to you. Right? And we'll see if that works or not. Because nobody wants to just hear a list of tasty notes. Right, but that's what I was tasting in there. <laughs> but nobody wants to hear what I'm tasting in no, there. No. They want to hear Christy what... Collins podcast <laughs> with her dog and pony song. They want <laughs> They want to hear what the inexperienced person thinks because you're the experienced person and maybe you we make, should get the children down here then. You make everybody no. <laughs> <laughs> You make everybody nervous because you start talking about what it's supposed to taste like. And then we think, oh, that ocean spray that I taste, that I smelled or tasted isn't right. And then we want to walk away. That's unfortunate. Or we just immediately tune out. You notice it's kind of cloudy? I was going to ask you about that. I didn't know if it was the, um, the coldness on the glass or if it was... I don't know that he cold stabilized this wine. And what, when you cold stabilize a wine, you... you... One of the last things you do is you put it down near near zero temperature for a while, and it freezes out um, essentially the tartrate crystals in the wine. Mm-hmm. And what happens with wine, particularly white wine, is that there are what's called tartrates, the same stuff that's in cream of tartar. Um, so you could whip up some like egg whites and throw some of this wine in, and then it would stiffen the egg whites? It would take you a little while, but yeah, you could get there. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Theoretically. I mean, not the wine itself. The wine would... Li- would water it down before but you could you could wait until the crystals formed and then you could scrape the crystals up and throw that in your egg whites sure <laughs> okay but that's why this wine's i think a little foggy is because it's got actual tartrate crystals and if you if you put your glass to the side you can see what looks like tiny little bubbles mm-hmm. but it's actually more like looks like salt sprinkled across the bottom of your glass and i think it's actually the tartrate crystals coming out of the um out of solution they dissolve when you roll it back in, but I think that what happens, I don't think he cold stabilized this wine. Is that wrong or right? There is no wrong or right. Uh, cold stabilization makes it so the crystals don't show up and people think it's an imperfection, but it's not necessarily an imperfection because it does, there's no effect with taste. It doesn't affect the texture. It's just a visual thing. And if people see stuff in their wine, they tend to think something's wrong with it, and that's not true at all. We put a lot of effort, winemakers put a lot of effort into making their wine market ready and running it through filters and cold stabilizing it. And a lot of times that actually takes flavor out of the wine. So it's a real balancing act to find out how much you should filter your wine so people won't send it back 
and how little you can filter your wine so it'll still have all those delicious qualities that come out of the vineyard. It's the probably one of my favorite white wines ever. You actually really like Gruner Veltliners, even though you don't know it. Okay. We had a Bergen a little while ago that came in a big liter jar, more or less, with a pop top. And, um, I don't like, remember that. Like What's a, a pop top? Pop top, like a soda pop top, crown cap. Oh. Beer cap. Okay. And um, you really liked it because, again, it has the same characteristics. It has this really fresh, crisp acidity. It has this almost saline quality to it that smells and feels like ocean spray on the back of your palate. Um, and it has like that, that canned pear, fresh pear, Bosch pear qualities to it, but there's also white pepper on the palate as well. So it's got a little bit of spice and it's got a little bit of fruit. It is and it's, spicy. And it's, it's exciting wine like that, which is why in Austria, this is, they have, when you go to a pub in Austria, as I understand it, they don't give you beer. They put a, a liter bottle of this on the table. Cause that's, ka-chunk. that's really weird. I was just going to say, I, I'm not a beer lover, mm-hmm. but I would love to drink this like beer. That's what I was just going to say. But well, it's, see, it's very yeah. quaffable like that. Quaffable. Quaffable. Can you, can you describe your term? Uh, yeah, well, a quaffable comes from me reading <laughs> Snoopy and Charlie Brown cartoons. No, it doesn't. It totally does. Cause, really? Yeah, Charlie Brown talks about quaffing root beer. You're not, no. And uh, Snoopy talks about quaffing root beer. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly when he's in that World War II fighter pilot mode uh-huh. where he's going to shoot down the Red Baron and World War I pilot. And then he gets shot down behind enemy lines and then it's inevitable Marcy shows up as the French serving maid and, and he orders root beer and he's there quaffing root beer with the locals. Now, tell me what quaffing is, <laughs> Quaffing is, is to, to drink heartily. To take oh, big hearty okay. drinks of things. It's so you, not that fluffy thing that you do with your tongue. When no, you're it's not slurking. Okay. That's slurking. Slurking is when you suck wine in and, and, and make that, that slurking noise. You know, to... And it makes you look like a social, yeah, outcast. <laughs> social outcast. But it's a wine thing. You, it's I mean, not cool. But you aerate the wine and you get to feel it all it's around your mouth. Cool. It may not be cool. It's not something you do when you're out there <laughs> drinking socially with your friends. You don't go, so, Barry. you do? So, Barry, tell me about the stocks. Hang on one second. <laughs> Well, I don't like your friends. <laughs> you like some of my friends. So that's a real time saver. Yeah, you know, you have to, you have to take that back. You myself. like some of my friends. I like just some be- of your friends. Just because I have... I like most of your friends. Lots of friends. You have too many friends. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, so the... Um, when you said white pepper, I totally tasted the white pepper. It's not a taste you go looking for in wine, so it kind of shows up by surprise. This is actually a fairly low alcohol by volume wine, too. This is like 12.7, according to the label. So I can still do yoga in the morning? Uh, yeah. Without a headache? No guarantees. <laughs> and there goes the furnace. We are recording this podcast in our basement, by the way. Uh, and so the furnace just kicked on, plus there's a little heater going it's on. It's a very high-tech area. There are screaming children upstairs, so this will be a lot of interesting background noise. Yeah, it's okay. Because we've got, you know, baffling on the way. Maybe we'll hang some quilts. I thought that was our conversation. That right. was baffling. <laughs> no, see, that's your conversation. My conversation makes sense. My conversation's Yours is not quaffable. It's not quaffable. My conversation's slurking. What's that? What's that? Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm a slurk and you're a quaff. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Better quaff than anything else. Like anyway, so um, Joel Gott is a winemaker that comes out of California. Um, and he uh, actually has a, a, a fairly uh, robust line of wines 
but he also is one of those winemakers that enjoys going around from place to place and finding the best of different areas. So he actually makes a Pinot Noir in Oregon um, that it bookends the Pinot Noir he makes down in California. He makes a Washington red blend. Okay, I'm 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 zoning out right now. Uh huh. You have to tell me who he is and where he comes from. He's just this guy. I lives in California. No, you have to get. He has personal. a wife. Okay. So in the eighties, Joel got um, bought some grapes and made some wine and. And where was he? California. Okay. Napa Valley, I think. Um, I don't. I don't know his life story, and we don't hang out. That's okay. We don't need to be like totally. But his wine right on got accurate. like ninety-two points, and so suddenly everyone wanted his wine. So suddenly he was in business. He went from buying a few grapes and making some wine to buying a lot of grapes and making a lot of wine, and it just kind of kept growing from there. It was a passion with him. It kept growing. He was one of the original um, three thieves. Him and two other gentlemen down in of his uh, age range called themselves the Three Thieves, um, which you know gives you an idea of that sort of. A swashbuckling attitude towards winemaking um, mm-hmm. that they had, you know, coming into the early '80s, um, leaving of that Mondavi mentality behind that, you know, big money, big wine sort of thing. The um, what's what was my favorite wine in the '80s? The um, the pink one. Boone's Strawberry Hill. No. <laughs> Berenger no, White Zinfandel. White Zinfandel. Ah, yes. Yes, so they left White Zinfandel behind. No one leaves White Zinfandel behind. We just kind of put it aside and pretend we don't like it anymore. (laughs) Everyone loves White Zinfandel. White Zinfandel is the party wine. And, you know, if if you drink wine at all, you, you... you have to admit in the dark of your heart that you actually like white Zinfandel. All right. It's like, it's like, it's not like not liking cotton candy and popcorn. You know, (laughs) it's not meant to have a lot of depth. It's meant to be delicious and drinkable. Okay. So he left white Zinfandel behind. He never was. Anyway, no, he didn't leave white Zinfandel behind. He never made white Zinfandel. Okay. He makes rosé now. Oh. Yes, he does. I actually met him because his brother has a roadside stand called Gotts Burgers, um, and I was down in Napa, and he was leading a bike tour of a bunch of people that were bicycling, and he was volunteering to, to host a wine tasting, and he was decanting some of his rosé into this great big beaker that he'd gotten off of, like, Amazon or something like that. It was like a, a three-gallon beaker, like a chemistry beaker, and he was <laughs> using it as a decanter, and he was really nice. He was really affable, really friendly. Um, does not take himself too seriously at all, not pretentious, but he takes his wine seriously. So I appreciate that he's serious about his craft, but he's a real human being. Some people, especially in Napa, noses hit the air, um, scraping ceilings as they walk in the room. It's really unpleasant to be around right. them. Which he was is very why pleasant. they scare people like me. Yeah. Quaffable people. <laughs> I'm not a slurker. <laughs> not yet. You'll be a slurker by the time we get done with this. So anyway, bargain price. This one usually goes for around 12 to $14. And what a bargain. And where can you get it? Because it's so good. I don't know that you actually can get this anymore. You know, that's a good question because I don't know that he's still making it. I'd have to look into that. Um, okay. You know, usually you don't go to the grocery store to grab a, a bottle that's three years old when you're looking for white wine. You usually go and look for something much more recent. Unless you're spending a lot more money, in which case you're looking for an ageable white, like a Chateau Montalena or a Ridge. Um, you know, whites that are designed for age and come at a higher price. Okay. So... This one is not designed for age. This is... Gruner Veltliner is a, is a young, fresh, uh, exciting grape that's meant to be drunk young. So we're actually... This one's tasting great. I think it would probably be good for another three to four years, but... So it's like the beer of wine. Uh, the beer grape. 
of winemaking. That's a really interesting analogy. I don't know that I agree <laughs> with it, but you can certainly run with it. <laughs> sure. I just want to give my peeps, you know, some... Yeah, no, absolutely. Something they can hang on to. I hear yeah, you. there you interesting. go. Okay. Well, anything else? Any other questions? I think we're good. I mean, okay. unless you have more stories about this particular one. I think um, we'll put some notes on the wine in our show notes. In, in the bloody blah. In our show notes. In the in the hoobly blah down below. Of our podcast. Our podcast. That you can log into somewhere at some point. <laughs> our we'll podcast, figure that Psalm out thing soon. To drink about. <laughs> I like Psalm thing to drink about. I think I like that better. Psalm thing to drink about. Yeah. Say it again. Psalm thing to drink about. I like it. As opposed to something to think about. No, I, yeah. Something to drink about. Well, I didn't get it, but now I get it. Oh, do you get it? Okay. Yeah. Because now I'm, I'm getting quaffable. a little, um, blah, I'm getting blah. a little coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very Collins right now. That's <laughs> what happens. No, I'm getting more, like, you know, it has a nice, if you're talking about the feeling of the wine once it's in your body, it has that beautiful, like, <sighs> feeling. Oh, no, don't go slurking. Do you notice how it's, it's got a pithiness to it? Like I don't a, know what like pithy means. A dryness to it. Have you ever even eaten grapes and, and chomped on the stem instead? And it's kind of like, and you, you chew it, it's like a little woody, a little... Yeah. You know, like, or you're chewing on a flower stem. I never chew on flower stems. There's that chlorophylly green pithiness. A kind of, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, you get that with wine when you include the stems in your crush. Oh. You don't just separate the grapes sometimes. So I think that he probably... Guessing from what this wine tastes like, and again, I haven't read any notes about this wine, but there's a, a pithiness to it that either comes from exposure to skin, exposure to seed, or exposure to stem. I and bet it's skin. It might be, but I think it's I think it's stemmy. I think there's a little bit of stem quality to it, like he's got that wooden stem because the skin's got that dryness that you get on the front and on the very end, mm -hmm. and it has it that has that little bitter, mm -hmm, that tanicky, mm -hmm. little bitey, crispy, green skin sort of mm -hmm. quality. Um, and the juice is all uh, fabulous and in there, but there's there's a dryness that comes in the after you first drink it that hits you in the back of the mouth that is stemmy. It's woody. But it's also that um, how it I don't know what you say. Like when you breathe out, it feels good. Like some wine when you drink it and you breathe, you're like <laughs> right. Sure. But this one, you're like. So on the exhale, you get an, ah. Oh. Yeah, and then you feel good. It's not like making my nose red or I'm not, I don't feel really drunk, but I have like this nice little mellow feel. It's floaty? Yeah, I keep knocking this, so we're going to have to. That sounds wrong. We're going to have to fix our, our podcast studio. <laughs> Boy, aren't we? Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep knocking my wedding ring on the broken um, arm of my chair. Well, it's all about quality with us. <laughs> all right. Shall we toast and say goodnight? And, and then go figure out how to add notes to our... Our bloody blah, blah Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Joel Gott's 2015 Gruner Veltliner out of the Columbia Gorge. I am Alex Van Amberg, and this is... Christy Collins. Christy Collins. I thought you were going to name this. With something to whine about. <laughs> no. <laughs> What is it? Some something to drink about. I love it. Something to drink about. Tink. Something. Okay. <laughs>